You know, I love whenever I get the opportunity to preach. Uh, whenever I saw it on the schedule, I was like, yes. So um, last time I preached in Galatians, and I was telling Bobby, I finished up my Galatians study, and now I'm in John. And whenever I saw it uh, on the schedule that I was preaching, I was like, all right. All right, Lord, start prepping me for what's going to happen, uh, for what I need to preach on. And he brought me to John chapter 5. Uh, so if you have your Bibles, you can flip there. We're going to pray before we jump in. Um, but John chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. So let's pray. God, we thank you for this morning. God, we thank you that you are God. God, we thank you that we have a place to come to worship you. And God, we don't, we don't have to be in the building to worship. God, this is family reunion right here. And it can happen any time throughout the week. But God, I am thankful that we get to worship as a family right now. Worship the king of the, king of the universe. And God, to know that you are our personal Savior. And God, that you walk with us every single day. And God, that is a blessing. So God, I pray that whatever you have for us this morning, God, that you just open up our hearts and minds and our ears to what you have to say to us. God, prepare us now. And God, I pray that everything I say is your words. God, let it come from you this morning. We thank you for everything that you do, and it's all in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. (laughs) Yeah, y'all got it, y'all got it. (laughs) I was waiting to see how long it would take before there was rumbles through the room. Because um, we are, we are, we're talking about waiting this morning. Um, and it's something that I am notoriously bad at. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm excellent at procrastinating. Like, whenever it requires work of me, I can wait. But whenever I'm waiting on somebody else, like, ooh, that's, that's the tough part. Is anybody else with me? Who else is, bad, who else is good at procrastinating but bad at waiting? Yeah. I fall in that category. All right. So let's read John chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. It says, Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city, near the sheep gate, was the pool of Bethesda, with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him, he knew he had been ill for a long time, and he asked him, Would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, Stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. And instantly the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. And this miracle happened on the Sabbath. All right. So there's a few things. I kind of want to set the scene for you, okay? We are at what is called the Pool of Bethesda. Has anybody heard of that before? As you've read through John 5, you've read Pool of Bethesda. Do you know where it's at? Because we are in Jerusalem at the pool. Do you know where that's at in Jerusalem? By the Sheep Gate, yes. And a little further, it's actually in the shadow of the temple. So this all happened really close to where worship was taking place, where Jesus had drove them out just a few verses before and said, 
you're turning my house, the, uh, the house of my father, into a marketplace. All right, so all this has happened just previous, okay? Uh, Jesus had just spoken with the woman at the well. He had just spoken with uh, Nicodemus. And now we come to the pool of Bethesda. And whenever you think of pool, I, <laughs> I always have thought of pool as like, okay, well, it's just a, you know, it's just a shallow little square of water that may be five feet deep. I actually did some research. This pool was not like the pools that we think of now. It was a whopping 13 meters deep. Now, does anybody else, does anybody know what that converts to in defeat? Yeah, exactly. 42 feet deep. This pool was 42 feet deep. We don't have pools like that around here. Well, besides that one, but you know what I mean. Um... This pool was 42 feet deep, and around it, it was cut into, it was like two pools, actually. They called the whole thing the Pool of Bethesda, right? And it had uh, what they called porches around it. So just imagine you have a rectangle and cut it in half. You got one pool up on the top side, one pool, I mean, one porch on the top side, one porch on the bottom side, two on the ends, and one in the middle. And all around these pools was people who were sick, who were afflicted. They were blind. They were paralyzed. They were ill, which, you know, if blind and paralyzed doesn't cover it, ill covers it. So there's tons of people flocking to this pool that just had something wrong with them. And if you read in other versions, it actually says invalids, which means that they couldn't take care of themselves. They were rendered, whether through work or just through life, or through sickness, they were rendered where they could not take care of themselves. And so they congregated together at the pool of Bethesda, because guess what? There was, um, it, it was a, uh, oh, what's the word? I can't think of the word. Anyway, it was a tradition that there was an angel that would come down and touch the waters and make it bubble up. And as soon as it bubbled up, people would jump in. The first one to touch the water would be healed instantly of whatever ailed them. Okay? So I kind of want to put this in today's terms. Could you imagine that if Surf City had a pool up there at the Surf City uh, community building, and everybody who had something wrong with them went up there and they camped out? It was like, it'd be like Black Friday at a pool. Right? Lines wrapped around, just waiting to get in. Okay? And then they turn on the jets. And the first sign of a bubble, everybody jumps in. All right? But you got to think there's people who are blind and paralyzed there. So what happens? They get people to help them. Right? They jump if they can. Right? At the first sign of a bubble, you have a swarm of people jumping into a 42-foot deep pool. Right? So that's kind of what's happening here at the Pool of Bethesda. It's right outside the temple, right? Where all the religious leaders, the Pharisees, where they would come and gather. And it was called the pool, the meaning of the name of the pool is actually House of Mercy. Okay? So keep all this in mind as we go through, because it's just neat, just uh, and even ironic that the pool of Bethesda is called the house of mercy, yet the real house of mercy is sitting 
right above them. Right? And then they actually get to see mercy in human form walk before them as Jesus enters into the pool of Bethesda. And he comes up to this man. Do y'all think that uh, Jesus just picked a random person? Or do you think he was very pointed in who he was talking to? Yeah, he was. He picked this man specifically because guess what? This man had been waiting 38 years to be healed. 38 years. Who's waited 38 years for something? Okay, <laughs> I was wondering if anybody was going to raise their hand. I know I haven't. That's not mathematically possible yet. But 38 years he waited at this pool of Bethesda that was known, that was used as a cleansing and purification pool for the temple. Okay? So keep all this in mind as we move forward. All right. Um, so the first question I have for y'all this morning is just like this man who waited 38 years for. He knew exactly what he wanted, right? So the first question I have for you is, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Because we all are waiting on something. Whether it is at McDonald's drive-thru, whether it is waiting to get on the island at the roundabout, whether it's waiting for a job, for a raise, whether it's waiting for anxiety or depression to pass, that you just pray it away, you are waiting on something. So the thing is, is this guy, this guy that had been ill for 38 years, he knew exactly what he was waiting for, right? Do you think he had any question about what he was waiting for? I don't think so. I think he knew exactly what he was waiting for. And he went to the place where he thought he could get it, where he saw things happening, right? He went there specifically to be healed. He knew what he was waiting for. And so one of my favorite things to do whenever I ever get in a debate is you have to define the terms, right? In the same way, whenever we are trying to tackle a problem or whenever we are facing a situation, we have to define what's actually against us or what the problem is or in this case, what we're waiting for. We've got to define that because if we don't have any targets, you never hit them, right? Wayne Gretzky said, <laughs> um, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, right? I think that was Wayne Gretzky. Anyway, don't fact check me. Um, but yeah, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. But guess what? If you don't have a target, you're not going to hit it anyway because you don't know what you're aiming for. So what are you waiting for? Write it down. Put it on a sticky note and stick it on your mirror. Right? Like I said, it could be job, it could be sickness, it could be salvation of a family member. Right? I think we've, we all have people in our family that aren't saved. I don't think there's a person in here that can say that everybody in their family is saved. If you can, man, that's awesome. Praise God. But we all have things we're waiting for. So, Write it down. Write it down. All right. The next thing. This is really where I want to focus this morning, okay? How are you waiting for it? Because that's the real point. After you figure out what you're waiting for, how you're waiting for it, okay? Let's read real quick, five through, uh, 
1 through 5. It says, Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city, near the sheep gate, was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. And one of the men lying there had been sick. I keep skipping what? Oh, it's not in here. Okay. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porch, porches waiting for a certain movement of the water. For an angel of the Lord came from time to time and stirred up the water, and the first person to step in after the water was stirred was healed of whatever disease he had. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years, and when Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I just realized, like, I've been studying in a different Bible, and this one doesn't have verse 4. Anyway, translations and manuscript things, you, yeah, you know. Um, he had been waiting for a long time. Do you think he was waiting patiently? Because it doesn't say how long he had actually been sitting at the pool. But I know if you've been sick for 38 years, you have waited patiently. And you have waited hopefully. You have waited in faith that God is going to work. That God is going to do something amazing. That God is going to move in your life. Don't get me wrong. He is always moving, but to see something miraculous just waiting for it eagerly waiting for it eagerly because this guy was desperate right he was waiting in desperation whether he was and it's likely that he was paralyzed because it says that he didn't have anyone to put him in the water right but he was waiting desperately um, and what I think is really interesting is that Jesus asked him, would you like to get well? How did he respond? How did he respond? Well, close. He said, I can't, sir. Jesus asked him a very specific question. He said, would you like to get well? He said, I can't. He didn't say yes. He didn't say no. He just said, I can't. Because I don't have anyone to put me down in the pool. Sometimes we get used to our situations and our waiting. And we think, oh man, you know, I'm going to keep praying about it. But honestly and truthfully, it's just a lost cause. You know, I'm praying just in case God shows up miraculously. Or, you know, I'm just going to keep praying and keep going to church and keep asking for prayer from the pastor. I'm going to keep telling my friends to keep praying for me. Yet, we get used to our situation and even uh, get to the point where we don't expect God to move. Little did this guy know that he was talking to mercy in person. 
He was talking to a man who had just performed miracles. He was talking to a man who could change his problem, who could fix him and make him well. We have to understand that we daily get to walk with the man who can change our life. We get to walk daily with love personified, with mercy personified, with grace personified. We get to walk with the only one who can truly change things in our life. Everything that happens in our life is because God Almighty allows it. Right? So, let me ask you again. How do you think that man was waiting? Do you think he just stayed at the pool because it was what he's always done? Do you think it was because he had a glimmer of hope that one day he would be the first one to touch the water? Do you think he was waiting in faith? I think that answer has left a mystery to us for a reason. Because God is showing us that waiting is a difficult thing. But there is a way to wait well. And so we, as Christians, have to understand that ultimately God is in control. And it could be an instantaneous miracle, or it could be one where you wait for 38 years. Right? So, let me ask you, how well do you wait? What is your attention span like? Because we have these little rectangles that fit in our pocket now that make our, has made our attention span that big. <laughs> and our willingness to wait, probably a little bit less. <laughs> right? Um, because I know me whenever I am in a hurry, because I've been trying to do better at being on time to places. I think I've told y'all that a million and one times now. I used to be late to everything. Punctuality was not my deal. It did not go well for me in Germany. I missed my first train whenever I got there, um, because they do believe in punctuality there. And we do here too, but we're a little more easygoing because we're on island time, right? My island time probably takes a little bit too far sometimes, but I'm getting better. Um, but whenever we pull up to the roundabout and we are backed up from the roundabout all the way to Walmart and you need to get somewhere in five minutes, do you think you're going to be there? No. And that's the point where I'm like, Argh! Argh! <laughs> all right, so it is difficult for me to wait. I'm not a good waiter. I'm not at all, you know? And even like if you go and wait on food, Chick-fil-A, you don't have to worry about it, man. They get you in and out in a hurry. But if you go anywhere else, you're probably going to wait, right? You're probably going to wait. And depending on where you're at, it's probably worth the wait. But man, Chick-fil-A has you spooled rotten, right? 
The thing is that there is a way to wait well. And we have to figure out how we're going to wait for things. We do. We have to figure out if we're going to wait patiently and in faith for things and be hopeful in it. Or are we going to be the one that gets frustrated because we even have to waste them. I say waste in air quotes. We, have, we get to waste in a minute of our time. Right? So I, <laughs> I don't wax uh, philosophical very often. But there was one time, I, uh, I, uh, and it comes up in my Facebook memories, that I put, made a uh, status update that said, Adventure is Waiting. Right? It's kind of like my old youth group's um, theme. Uh, and one of my buddies has even started making stickers and everything that say adventure is waiting and talking about like how, you know, adventure is out there. You just got to go and find it. You know, life is, life is fun. We get to have adventure. We get to go around and live adventurous. But one day that quote came up in, in my Facebook memories and said, adventure is waiting. And I, I took that as in waiting can be an adventure, right? Make waiting fun. Make it fun. It doesn't have to be boring. It doesn't have to be frustrating. We can make waiting fun, right? It is a, um, we have gotten to the point in our culture where boredom is bad. It's bad to be bored. It is not good. Well, man, what, what do we do before radios and TVs? People go out and Make their fun, right? You would whistle, you would hum, you would sing, right? We don't do that anymore. But we get, that, we get the chance to, and we get the opportunity to wait well, because like I said, everybody is waiting for something. So how are you waiting for it, right? All right, next thing. How long are you going to wait for it? This is, like I said, this is where the exercise and patience comes in, because... Well, let me ask you this. Who all has prayed for a miracle in here? Who's prayed for a miracle in their life? Yeah. A lot of us. When you think of miracle, you usually think of an instantaneous change, right? We want to see, like, what Jesus did with this guy who was ill for 38 years. We want to see people who couldn't previously stand up and walk be able to stand up and walk again. We want to see that kind of stuff because guess what? It happens. You know, I I hear reports all the time now about people who had um, tumors and stuff on a screening and then a week later they go back for another one and it's gone. Man, that is a cool miracle, ain't it? But to say that's a miracle and also to see someone that you've been praying for for years to finally come to faith to say that's not a miracle is wrong. Miracles can happen instantaneously. They can also take a long time too though. Right? So we have to be vigilant in our waiting to know that it may not be something that changes instantaneously, but it could be something that takes years. Right? This guy's miracle was immediate. But 
Ours may not be. And that's not a bad thing because we get the opportunity to see God work in little ways in our lives along the way. Jesus healed this man after he'd been ill for 38 years. He had faith enough to stay. He had focus enough to stay. And he knew that a miracle was coming. He just didn't know when. 38 years he waited. He could have been the guy that's been there the longest. You know? People walk, new people coming in every day. They're like, yeah, there's George over there. He's been here for 38 years. He's, uh, he's kind of the pool of Bethesda guy. He's you know, got the nickname and all to go with it. And he's just been waiting for his miracle to happen. We could be going through the same thing, right? Miracles don't always happen immediately. Sometimes it takes a while. So how long are you going to wait? Don't give up, right? So I'm going to kind of bring it all to a close with this, okay? So number one was, what are you waiting for? Define what you're waiting for. Write it down. So that way you don't lose focus on it, right? Because you really do have to be vigilant about it. Number two, uh, how are you waiting for it? Check yourself. See how you're doing. Make it fun. Waiting is an adventure, right? Or if you put it like it comes up in my Facebook memories, adventure is waiting. And number three, how long are you going to wait for it? All right? So, how do we wait well in that, though? Because waiting sucks. It does. Like I said, I think we're all to the point that our patience is next to nothing, right? So, how do we wait well? Number one, don't, don't temper your expectations of God. So, like I said, going back to uh, how the guy was waiting. Do you think he was sitting there out of, uh, well, you know, it's what I've always done. And, you know, whenever I first got here, I kind of expected a miracle, but now it's just part of my daily routine, so I'm not going to change anything. I'm just going to wait and see if it bubbles up. And um, if, it, if I hop in, great. And if something happens, great. But if not, eh, it's okay. You know, I've made a life here at the pool. Don't temper your expectations. Because if God has promised something, guess what? He's faithful to keep it. Right? Also, be patient. God does not work on your timeline. God works on his, right? You think God says, Ed, when do you want me to do this? <laughs> right? I think we'd all say lickety split. But I don't, God doesn't work like that. He says, and I'm going to give you this when it's time for you, whenever you're ready for it, right? Another thing, waiting well means being persistent. It means don't give up. Don't get to the point to where uh, it's just something that you do or it's something that you, um, sorry, <laughs> uh, don't get to the point where it's just something you do. Stick with it. Don't forget what you're waiting for. 
Let it be a daily occurrence that it comes up in your mind and that you pray about it and come again to the man who can actually do something about it. Be persistent. Be consistent. Make it something that you do daily, right? Don't miss a day. If you want to see something change, and it's God's will that it's going to happen, man, be consistent about it. Come to the man who can make a change in it, right? And be encouraged that God hears your prayers. Sometimes he says, not yet. Sometimes he says, yes, in just a minute. Sometimes he says, yes, it's yours right now just because you asked. Sometimes he says, no. And guess what? We have to be okay with that. But be encouraged that God hears you because rest assured, he hears every single thing that you say, think, and sees everything that you do, right? And last thing, be flexible. This one, that that one's kind of a caveat, right? Be flexible because God doesn't always answer your prayers the way that you think he's going to answer. The means that he uses to get things done in your life may not be the means that you prayed for, right? Do you think that man would have thought that a guy walking up to him, a random guy, a stranger walking up to him would have said, get up and walk? Do you think that was in his plans? No. He was waiting to jump into the water that bubbled up when they turned the jets on, right? That was not in his plans. So we have to be flexible sometimes because God uses means that aren't our own sometimes. And that is an awesome thing because we get to see that miracle happen instantaneously or even in slow motion. So what are you waiting for? How are you waiting for it? And how long are you going to wait for it? And wait well in it. All right, y'all. I got to close it out. I got the red light. So <laughs> let's pray. God, we just thank you. God, thank you for giving us the opportunity to wait. Because God, it, it is an awesome thing that we get to do. We get to see you work sometimes immediately and sometimes in slow motion. But God, you walk with us every step of the way. So God, help us to wait in faith. God, help us to wait in expectation. God, help us to wait in hope. Because, God, there are things that we're waiting for, whether it's, like I said, salvation of a family member. God, whether it's uh, deliverance from um, an addiction. God, whether it's, uh, whether it's a family strife or, God, there's so many things that we get to wait for. God, jobs or raises or anything. And God, you still, you work in all that. And sometimes you say yes, sometimes you say no, and sometimes you say not yet. But God, you hear every single bit of it. So God, I thank you for the opportunity that we get to wait and trust, God, that you are working in our life because you never leave us or forsake us. So God, help us to walk forward knowing that. It's all in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.